Welcome to the Glasgow Baptist Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Erdie Carter. We want to help you apply biblical truth to your daily life. Take your Bibles and open them or turn them on or click whatever and go to Exodus chapter 21. Exodus chapter 21 as you're turning there, I made mention to the, you've heard the scripture text for the day, and, and I, I will just be honest, I could go to another text, but I think that would just not do justice, because God puts things in his word that sometimes we struggle with, and sometimes we don't understand, um, or, or wrestle with, or don't like, but they're there for a reason. And so we've come to this text today, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll address that. Uh, this week, Attorney General William Barr announced that uh, on December the 10th, there would be uh, an execution in Terre Haute, Indiana. Uh, the person is Linda Montgomery. Uh, you'll see her picture on the screen. Montgomery was a, um, was a woman who, in 2004, went and found a Missouri woman and strangled her and took her child and, and kidnapped the child. Uh, and actually, uh, Attorney General was making this statement because it's been 67 years since the United States has executed a woman. And on that December the 10th day, although Montgomery's family and folks are trying, an attorney has been trying to, to get it overturned, it looks like that's going to take place. On that same day, there'll be another execution, Brandon Bernard, Bernard is, uh, has been charged for killing two youth ministers in a church in Texas. And if you if you're, watch the news and you think about this, the, there's, and, and I'll just say this, I, I know at the end of the day you're going to go, we came to church for capital punishment? Hang in here with me. Because there's a reason God puts it here. I've already told the praise band they had to, they had to do a, better, a really good job because today my topic is, 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 is a dark issue. But it's an issue we have to address because as believers we have to understand where do we stand in this. Because no doubt as it gets closer, if, if coronavirus isn't all over the news or, or uh, will have been past the election by the time we get to the December 10th, this will be a public thing. And people will begin to ask, and they will have conversations about where you stand, what you believe, how do you look at this? And quite honestly, I think this, this takes us to a spot where there are people who, who, who fall in one of two camps. They either fall in the camp to say, God is love, and, and it is not our role to murder or to execute anyone, or they fall into the camp and, and quote the text that's part of our scripture this morning, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But the question is, how do you answer that? You, if you're going to stand on either one of those, how do you biblically walk through that text? And so this morning, that's, that's what I want us to do, is understand God's word. At the end of the day, I tell you all the time, it's not what, you, what I say or what another preacher says that matters, or what you say matters. It's what God's word says matters. And so we have to understand God's word. So if you have your Bible and you're at Exodus 21, would you stand? We're going to read just 
a couple of scriptures here. We're going to pick up at verse 23 and go to 25. It says, if there is any injury, then you must give life for life. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, and foot for foot. Burn for burn, bruise for bruises, wound for wound. Here's the idea I want you to catch this morning. Our big idea is simply this. Believers are to glorify God. Therefore, they must understand God's ordinances in order to glorify him. You may be seated. If you and I are going to glorify God, don't you think we have to understand what God's word says? Well, back up there. I caught you off guard. I know I did. As believers, if we're going to glorify God, don't you think we have to understand what God's word says? Uh, See, I I knew I caught you off guard that first time. My fault. We have to understand what his word says. And so this morning, our text has two things that really jump out. And if you were listening and and watching it, we'll come back to them. There are two things I want you to catch from the text today. In uh, chapter 21, it talks about capital crimes and personal injuries. Capital crimes and personal injuries. So when God gave the Ten Commandments, then he started giving all these these pieces of the puzzle to kind of explain everything. And in beginning in chapter 21 and going into chapter 22, we won't cover all those, but there are a lot of ordinances and laws that, that, that he gave how to, how to live in the household, how to manage the household, uh, capital offenses, um, uh, how to deal with injuries to a person, um, how to protect your property. Uh, there are some sexual laws. There, there's a whole list of things in these two chapters that God gives us that we're supposed to pay attention to. And if we understand these as believers, then we can, as we live our life Biblically, we will we'll be faithful to what God calls us to. So let me give you, so let's look at the capital, capital crimes. We, we see capital crimes in the first parts of our text today. In fact, look at verse 12 again. It, it comes up, it says, whoever strikes a person so that he dies must be put to what, church? To death. Now, a lot of people, when they come to this place, they, they struggle with this. Because in the Ten Commandments, the Bible tells us, God told the people of Israel, thou shalt not kill. And so when they come to this, they struggle with this idea. How how can God say, thou shalt not kill, and yet we come over here to this place, and we we have this moment where where God says, hey, if, if you kill a person, then it's life for life. And, and so they struggle with that thing. And the, 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 the reality is what the Bible speaks about in the Ten Commandments is not what God speaks about here. See, the Bible talks about a homicide in that it was a planned, pre-thought-out murder. Thou shalt not commit murder. That, the, the Hebrew word there is a, is a homicidal thought. And so as we come to this moment, we, we see this and we have to unpack this because this life for life has been something that God has said, 
back in Genesis. It wasn't something that he just thought about. It wasn't, uh, oh yes, it was a thought God had long before the people of Israel had left Egypt. In fact, Genesis tells us this in chapter 9, verses 5 and 6. It says this, And I will require a penalty for your lifeblood. I will require it from any animal, from any human. If someone murders a fellow human, I will require that person's life. Whoever sheds human blood, by human hands, his blood will be shed. For God made humans in his image. So God God already set in motion this idea of death and capital punishment. And the thing about death is, once death penalty has been issued, and once it's been carried out, it can never be reversed. And so God made it this way on purpose, but he also put a plan in place that it couldn't be carried out without the witnesses, uh, without the testimony of two people. He also gave an idea that if, if there was something that happened and it was an accident, there was a place to escape and you would be, you would be saved. But if you intentionally thought about taking the life of somebody and intentionally leveled that out, played that out, it was life for life. We still see that today. When you think about what's going to happen on December the 10th, that follows God's ordinances here in Exodus and in Genesis. Um, but there's another piece in this. And, and, and if you look at the, the, the capital punishment through, through that text, everything had to do with life for life, except when you get to uh, verse 15 of chapter 1, there's a twist to that. Look, look at the twist. Who, whoever strikes his mother or father must be put to death. Well, there is no, there's no death here in, in this moment. So why would somebody striking their parent receive capital punishment? Well, let's go back to the Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments tells us that we're to honor thy father and thy mother. It was a high calling that you were to do to, to listen, obey, and follow the instructions. And anybody who chose not to do that it would be going against God's, God's commands. And so what would happen here would be if, if you were going to strike, the, the Hebrew word there is violently harm. Is what the Hebrew word says here in, in verse 15. It's the idea of violently harming your parents. In other words, you had, you had done something and so, so grievous that you wanted your parents to, to die. You were going against the establishment, God's covenant, his, his marriage, his, his family. But he said, you deserve the death penalty. If you keep reading those texts, there's one other place there, and it encounters the study of slaves. So capital punishment we see as a part of God's commands and God's rules and God's law for us. And so today when we, when we enter these conversations, we, we, have to, we have to wrestle with it. And you, and you can say, and you can be wrong, but you could say, well, I'm not an Old Testament 
person. Well, the problem with saying that is you negate everything that God does in the Old Testament. Jesus doesn't even do that. He comes to fulfill what the law and the prophets have to say. In fact, you find more him quoting the Old Testament over and over. But then there's those moments when personal injury takes place. You know, personal injuries, those are, those are the things that happened that, that were accident, that, that we, something happened and didn't intend for it to happen. How, how do we handle that? Well, look at verse 18 of, of our text. When men quarrel and one strikes the other with a stone or his fist and the injured man does not die but is confined to bed, if he cannot later get up and walk around outside leaning on his staff, then the one who struck him will be exempt from punishment. But nevertheless, he must pay for his lost work, time, and provide for his complete recovery. So personal injuries, you read these texts, the scripture, you find that, that God now says, okay, apart from capital punishment, life for life, now we have those, those injuries that happen when, when, you, when rage sets in. Anybody know what rage looks like? All right. One or two of you. Anybody ride with? Never, I better not do that. Better just move on. Sometimes we get upset. If you ever got angry, if you've ever said something you didn't mean, maybe you took it further than you intended to. Those things happen, and that's what personal injury talks about. And in those cases, there is, there is, there is this moment for, for us to pay back the damage that was done. It's biblical. You've caused someone not to be able to work or you've caused some damage. It's biblical to, to pay that back to, to help them recover what they've lost. Then there are those moments where God even gave the Israelites an example of innocent bystanders. You ever been an innocent bystander when something happened? You know, um, it wasn't your fault. You had nothing to do with it. And all of a sudden, calamity happened. There's a restaurant one night, and a waiter came by. I had, you know, the waiter was doing their best they could. Something happened, and they, the tray they were carried hit the ground, and, and all the, the food that they had went, went to the floor and got on uh, somebody at our table's clothing. That's a, they didn't cause the accident. They were just the innocent bystander. I believe, if I remember correctly, the, the restaurant came and wanted to pay the dry cleaning bill. Appropriate thing to do. Well, Jesus talks about, or God gives the Israelites that same kind of example in verse 22. Look, look what happens here. When men get in a fight and hit, so two men get in a fight. As they were fighting, they hit a pregnant woman so that her child are born prematurely, but there is no injury. The one who hit her must be fined as the woman's husband demands from him, and he must pay according to the judicial assessment. All through the scripture, we find a payment that is due. So here's, here's what I want you to catch from this text. 
So if you read chapters 21 through 23 in Exodus, you begin wrestling with all these laws. What, what does that matter to you and I today? What, what, at the end of the day, why did God put this in the text for you and I? What, what are we to walk away and how are we to be changed because we read this scripture? Let me give you three things. First one is, is simple. Punishment is necessary but should fit the crime. We need to understand that punishment is necessary but should fit the crime. That God is a God who, who is a justice God. We see over and over his hand coming down and striking people. We should not think in our own personal life that when, when now that we're on this side of, of the Old Testament, that God is going to be any different. There's a judgment day coming for everyone. Do you know that? Everyone seated in this room, everyone at the sound of my voice has a judgment day. Punishment is going to be required for your sin and for my sin. Every person. The only difference is who's, doing, who's going to take the punishment. For the person who's never confessed Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, we know Scripture says it is the punishment will be on them and they'll spend eternity separated from God in hell. For those of us who are in Christ Jesus, we, our punishment, our sins require punishment. But Jesus took them on the cross. Jesus paid for your sin and my sin if you are in, in Christ Jesus. Punishment is necessary, but should fit the crime. And so when we watch and we see things take place and we, we hear of this, this woman who will be executed, you look at her punishment. You look at what God's word says. Fits the crime. And I know that we want to, listen, Charlie, I'll use you since you're here today and a practicing attorney. Well, you're an attorney. Um, we, 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 several years ago, I had, I had an attorney tell me, he said, I love when, when you guys are on the jury box. And I said, why? He said, because y'all all about grace and forgiveness. I was like, well, that, that is the business we're in, but I also like justice. And I said, God is also in the business of punishment. You know, sometimes we, we get lost and we forget that. We just think, oh, we got to forgive God's also a just God. He also requires punishment. Second thing we find from this text. Love for neighbors should always be our response. You look through these laws and you find that as you read them, it is a quarrel between two people. Uh, two men get in a fight and hit a woman. The, the, there are lots of ways to handle disputes. Fighting is not one of the best ways to do that. Uh, we, we should have a love for one another so much so that we are willing to go the extra mile in overcoming that. What Jesus say? How many times should we turn the other cheek? You've heard that. We know that we are to love and always let love be our guide. If we let love be our guide, then when we encounter these moments of difficulty, when we can't encounter these people who, who 
who cause us to, to get enraged. When love wins, we're able to deal with that appropriately. And so, yes, punishments are necessary and should fit the crime, but, but when we let the love for our neighbors be our guide, that's the key. Third thing I want you to catch is simply this. Life is precious and should be guarded. Life should be precious and should be guarded. Over and over in these verses that we read, life for life. In Genesis, when, when God was talking to, to Noah, life for life. Why? Because life is precious. Life is, is of value. Who is the giver of life? God. Who do we think we are getting angry and taking a life? Life, life is precious. Life is something that we should stand for. We should stand for it every day. Listen, I understand this is a difficult subject. But God has, God has a plan for us and a purpose. And that's to recognize that his creation, no matter how good or bad, is, is in his hand. It's not ours. And so if we will trust him and follow him and, and live in obedience to what he commands us to do, he'll take care of the rest. Last year, there was a, in the Guardian in the UK, it was a Guardian is a, a magazine, they decided they were going to to put out uh, in, the, in the, what was the greatest picture ever taken in the 20th century. And they started this campaign and trying to figure out what, what this would be. And many thought it would be some beautiful picture of landscape, picture of, of, of um, some sunrise or something. Um, but the picture actually came, uh, was, was published in 1965. The picture was uh, in Life magazine, and uh, it was the greatest picture they deemed, and I think it's a very appropriate picture, uh, deemed for the 20th century. Let me show you the picture. A Swiss photographer or uh, photojournalist um, set out and said, I'm going to take a picture of when life begins. Nobody thought he could pull it off in 1965. That's a significant, significant ordeal. 
It was such significance that Life magazine put it in on the cover of their, of their magazine. It was such a significant deal that last year, The Guardian put it as the number one picture. If you and I would stop and think how precious that picture is, We wouldn't have to worry about what capital punishment laws God says puts in place. We wouldn't have to worry about what, what laws pre-injury happen. Oh, I, I don't mean that there might not be a traffic accident that didn't, we didn't intend, but we wouldn't be getting in fistfights and arguments across neighbors' line, uh, yards or throwing temper tantrums if we would just remember how precious life is this morning let me ask you a real simple question are you ready for the punishment for the sin for your sins what I mean by that have you come to the place in your life and you've wrestled with it to say, I'm good with taking my own punishment. I will take whatever wrong I did. I'll take the punishment that God has for me. Or have you come to grips to say, no, I can't take it, but Jesus can. And I'll trust him and obey. I'll follow him. His ways are better than mine. Listen, if you're here this morning, you've never confessed Christ by your personal Lord and Savior. If you're watching on television, let me remind you, punishment's going to happen. It's whether, it's whether you are going to take the punishment or the punishment's already been delivered to Jesus on the cross. One, of the, one way or another, our sins have to be paid for. And Jesus paid it all. To all So where are you? If you're here this morning and you want to confess Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, here's what I'd like for you to do this morning. Take this telephone number down, 270-681-2363. 270-681-2363. And would you just call that number or text that number this morning and say, I want to give my life to Christ. We'll follow up with you. Maybe you're here this morning you want to rededicate your life. Maybe you want to join our church, would you just use that number as a response this morning? I hope as you lead today, as we sing our closing song in just a second, that you stop and think. God gives us ordinances for a reason. They're not to hold us back. They're to help us. They're to help us to grow in Christ to be the people he's called us to be. And I hope today you recognize that God loves you more than anything else. Would you pray with me?